So um, I, Amanda did a, a fantastic job, but I wanted to add my two cents on uh, JSL, Jesus Said Love. Uh, for, for a long time, the church has looked at groups, looked down on groups of people and stepped on them and told them that they weren't worthy of God's love and we condemn them and we shout at them and we picket them. Um, many groups of people. Strippers are one of these groups. And consequently, uh, they don't like us very much. And they think we're judgmental and harsh. And they think God is the same way. And this ministry serves to apologize for that. And to move in and to let these girls know that they are indeed worthy, that they are daughters of God, that they are loved. And to hopefully relieve them from the life of oppression in which they find themselves. And it is just an amazing ministry that... uh, Huge stories uh, and, and things that God is doing has come out of this. I think there are many other groups that need to hear the same message, uh, that they are loved and that we're sorry for how we've treated you. Um, but this is just one of the ones and one of the ways that our church does that. Uh, again, if you have questions about it, Amanda can fill you in a whole lot more, uh, whole, whole lot more better uh, than I can. Um, more articulately, too. Um, so, uh, and then a couple other things. April is coming up. April is coming up. Yes, yeah, so is Easter. Um, and it's happening in April um, this year. And it's on April 5th. And the night before will be our Seder meal. April 4th, here in the CLC. It's going to be the church-wide, our, our community-wide Seder meal is going to be here uh, in, in this room. There are details about it on uh, the city for certain and probably on the website if you have more questions, Stacy Smith is the person who is in, in charge of that, and she would be happy to help you with that. And then the New Heights Family Picnic and Gathering uh, is coming up again. How many of you were there last year? Watermelon West was in the house cutting watermelons um, and his finger. Uh, it was great. Uh, there, we, we go to the river in Seguin, Texas, and we have just a great barbecue-type uh, picnic and celebration and hangout. Play some games. Uh, my father-in-law is taking this very seriously this year, and I think he's going to have, like, some sort of tournament set up of, like, croquet and volleyball. It's like the decathlon of river white trashness. So it'll be great. Um, and then we'll also be doing baptisms again. Uh, so if you've never been baptized or if you'd like to remember your baptism, come see me about that. If you uh, have a baby that wants to be baptized babies last year, it was awesome. We held them down under the river water until they stopped breathing, and then we brought them back up to Jesus, right? Um, it's good stuff. So if you have questions about that, please see me. That is May 23rd. Uh, it'll be May 23rd, which is a busy weekend. I know many of you may be out of town. Um, so you vacation or Jesus. That's all I'm going to say. So we are in this, uh, this series about discipleship, and we've been talking about the fact that God has called us to be disciples and then to go out and make disciples of all nations and, and to carry that into the world, his love and for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about fear and how fear is a great block to our discovering who we are in God's kingdom. And it's a great preventative measure for us to, to not move into where God wants us to be. Fear, as we talked about last week, a lot of times is based on lies. Um, lies that the enemy tells us, lies that the world tells us, lies that even we tell ourselves. But because of that fear, we stop and we don't move into the places that God wants us to go and become the people God desires us to be. We're going to continue talking about fear today. But um, first, by a show of hands, are there any people who would consider themselves pyros? Any pyromaniacs in here? 
besides me and Coke and AJ. Okay, there's a couple of people that are starting to admit um, well, that was way too emphatic uh, back there. Yes, I am totally. Um, yeah, I like fire. Um, I like to start fires. I like to watch them um, burn. There's a wonderful, like, almost ballet quality for me in how the flames kind of dance around. And then you hear the crackle of, of the, uh, the sm- those fake logs I have nothing to do with. Um, the real wood um, is just amazing. Now, I would like to point out that um, I have never illegally set a fire, just so that we're all clear about this. It's not some sort of um, dark quality in me. Maybe some of you think it is. It's more of a let's help clean up uh, the river property and, and make a burn pile type thing, but let's enjoy it when we do it. My brother-in-law and I, uh, Jeff, we love to do this. Uh, in the fall especially, we will gather together large piles of wood, and, and we wait until it's just about dark, and then we try to see if the space station can notice us, um, essentially. A couple of years ago at Thanksgiving, we had five fires stretch around this one thing, and it was just awesome. And we stood on the top of the hill and just went, oh, like that, you know, and it was so much fun. However... There are times when we've gone a little too far. Um, we had a burn pile, and we were in a burn van, as you may or may not know. There hasn't been a lot of rain around here for a while. Um, and so we were in a burn van. Hi, sweetheart. Grace had a great time at camp, by the way. For those of you that were wondering, she did well at camp. Yay, Grace. She rode a horse and loved it and everything. Um, and, and so uh, we had a big burn pile that we had been stacking and stacking and stacking and stacking. At some point, you go, we need another burn pile. But no, we just kept stacking. Um, Jeff, uh, he took down this fence with his brother, and they brought this entire really old wood fence out and stacked it up, too. Um, and we just had so much stuff. And so one day, the burn ban is lifted. The day the burn ban's lifted, I'm out there with my father-in-law and my mother-in-law. And he's like, let's light this thing. I'm like, yeah, let's totally light this thing. And so as any good, you know, farmer knows you light it with diesel um, and you just, and it goes and it just whoa, takes off as soon as we like as soon as the like the match is in the air it's like slow motion the wind picks up blowing from the north to the burn pile towards the house um, now it's a good distance from the house however there is pecan tree after pecan tree after pecan tree after pecan tree lining a perfect path to the house. There's a bit of a different distance between trees, except for one that's right next to it. As the fire gets going, and it gets going, I'm taking a video, and you just hear this, you know, it sounds like a jet engine. This thing is going massive. And the tree next to it, you just look, and it's like, it's going to hit that tree. And sure enough, tree does that. It's at this point, where we go, ah! <laughs> Anne's over here. My mother-in-law is over on the side going, Scott, Scott, Scott. You know, that's all she could say. And, and so I, and we're looking at each other going, I'm like, you started it, you know, type deal. And so what we do is we go and we get hoses. And we get these hoses and we, we wet ourselves down, just like soak ourselves. We run as close as we can to the fire without it being so hot that we can go no further and then do this and just spray. And we sit there for as long as we can take it. And then we run out and pass the hose to the next guy. And we do this over and over again. 
by the way, we are yelling at Jeff because he's not there, and most of this burn pile was his. Where are you? You know, and um, the video that I had on there, I took a couple of videos, and before it got really bad, um, there's the video, and you, you just hear the, the roar and just things, just destruction happening. And I, I say at one point, can you say, holy crap? Um, and Grace used to look at that video all the time, and it kept saying that really loud. And I was like, you know, I should probably delete that. That's very, you're funny. Um, and so, so I deleted that, but that was where we were. It was so hot, and it was so scary. I, I like the fires. I like s'mores. I like doing the, the burn piles and stuff at night and watching that and, and sitting in a nice, comfortable chair. And as it gets warmer, you back the chair up a little bit. And then as the night gets colder, you move back in. You know, it's just a wonderful thing. This had me really scared. I could see the news choppers overhead coming and going, yeah, some idiot started a burn pile on the first day and burned down their house and the two next to them. Bye. Now, nothing except that one tree was damaged, except for my pride, I guess. But I was so scared. And it got so hot. It was amazing. I've never been close to something that hot. I've been to a bonfire at A&M. This wasn't bonfire, no. This was bigger. This was hotter. And, and, and you would get so, cl- so close, the heat just made you want to run away. I was scared to get any closer for fear. Like, I stopped. I put my phone far away because I thought, and my keys and everything, I thought they would, like, melt to my body. It was so hot. So in the book of Daniel, you may know where I'm going, the segue here. Chapter 3, verse 8. Now, here's what's happening in Daniel. There's a king, Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar has this dream, and he calls all of his people who are really smart around him. He says, tell me what my dream is and tell me what it means. None of them can, so he kills them all, Um, And because that's what you do when you're king. So he hears of this guy, Daniel, and he brings Daniel in, and Daniel comes in, and he goes, Daniel, tell me of my dream. Tell me what it means, and we'll be good. And so Daniel goes, okay, here's the dream. There's a statue. You saw a statue, and the uh, head was gold. And then there was iron, and there was clay and wood and all this stuff. What it stands for is this, that your kingdom is a strong and powerful kingdom, and you represent the head, the gold, the powerful stuff. But everyone who comes after you is not going to be so good. They're not going to follow the ways of God. Because of that, your kingdom is going to eventually be destroyed. Nebuchadnezzar's like, nailed it. That is awesome. Thank you so much. He puts Daniel in uh, like his right-hand man type deal. He goes, you want anything else? Yes, I have three buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you're a VeggieTales fan, you know them by other names, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, and put them in charge of something. And he goes, all right, you are now in charge of the province of Babylon. So things are set up. Because of this dream, Nebuchadnezzar's like, I'm kind of a big deal. I'm going to go ahead and build this golden statue. So he builds this 90-foot golden statue. Think how big that is. 90 feet of gold. That is a lot of gold fillings. And he says at a certain time, whenever the music plays, you are to bow down and worship it. If not, you'd be thrown into the fiery furnace. This is his method of torture and execution. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could not do this. Why? They're Jews. Jews have but one God. You bow down to no one but the one God. Love the Lord your God, the Lord alone. And so they couldn't do this. Some people who didn't like the Jews found out about this. They go to the king and they tell the king, hey, this is what's going on. There's these three guys. That's what they say in verse 8. But some astrologers went to the king and informed 
on the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, live long, long live the king. You should decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the musical instruments. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They have defied your majesty by refusing to serve your gods or to worship the gold statue you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, It is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my God or worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance. If you bow down and worship the panda, the statue I have made, when you hear the sound of the musical instruments, all will be well. But if you refuse, you'll be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. What God will be able to rescue you from my power then? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, silly Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, your majesty, be sure that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, in this fiery furnace. Now, what happens, we know, is you can applaud the word of God anytime and every time. I like that. Um, anytime that uh, what happens next is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are tied up. The guards are taken. The furnace is set to a blazing heat multiple times hotter than it has ever been. The guards who are carrying the three amigos to throw them in die when they get close to the furnace. They're like, they toss the guys in and then they die because the heat is so bad. King Nebuchadnezzar sits back and he's like, these are, wait a minute. I thought we bound these guys up. How come they're walking around and now there's four of them in there? Call them out. So he calls them out. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come out. Not even the smell of smoke is on their clothes. They come out alive and King Nebuchadnezzar goes, wow, your God is awesome and things go well for his kingdom. After that, immediately his falling predecessor turns things the other way. Daniel's dream interpretation comes true. But for Nebuchadnezzar, he knew who the true God was. So we've been talking about fear is a blockade to moving to where God wants you and longs for you to be. Fear, this thing that comes up and and stops you in your tracks. I can't imagine what it would have been like to be Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego, to be standing in front of this fiery furnace, to feel the heat coming, the heat so great that it killed people on the outside of it. And all you had to do... Just one little thing. I can't imagine the fear that they had. Yet what do they say? God's going to protect us. We got this. Throw us in. See what happens. And then the thing that really gets me is verse 18. But even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't save us, we're not bowing down to your gods. Because we know who the real God is. We know that God is powerful. We know that God is mighty. We know that God is loving. We don't know all of his ways. We don't know all of his plans. And maybe his plans for us are to die in this furnace. If that's the case, that's okay. 
That is overcoming fear. Now, I overcame the fear to get as close as I could to the big bonfire and try to shower it with whatever the water well could handle. That's one type of overcoming fear. What I long to have is that strength to overcome fear so much so that if I were thrown into the furnace, I'd be like, yeah, God can save me. But if he doesn't, I'm cool with that. Because I know God is greater and more powerful than anything else. And I know God is more loving than anything else. How often have you stood in front of a fiery furnace? In front of a diagnosis of some sort? In front of a job loss? In front of an addiction? In front of a relationship that is broken? Something that put fear into who you were? And said, God! Heal this. Get me a job. Repair the relationship. In the addiction. I'm crying out to you, Jesus. Just before um, the 930 service this morning, I watched this 15 minute. It's called Sunday Dinner with this comedian, um, Lady Key, is what she goes by. And I found her, AJ, um, our drummer, sent me a video of hers this week. And I watched it this morning and it was a prayer about that Jesus would protect us from the daylight savings time change, which is really funny. Um, And so I thought she was so funny, I wanted to see something else, and I found this Sunday family dinner deal. And what it is, there's these nine people sat around this table, and clearly an iPhone just filming towards the table. And at one point, they're all kind of just goofing around, and then one starts... And they break into down by the riverside. And then for over 15 minutes, they go from song to song to song. The beat does not stop. It just swells. And it's just amazing. It was so incredible. I just could not. It was like, I know I need to be doing other things right now, but I cannot stop this. This is so awesome. If you know anything about the African-American tradition of things like this, you know there's a big um, a, a call and repeat type deal. There's a phrase and then the rep- repetition, a phrase and something else. And so it's. Um, call, you know, I need healing, call out to Jesus. I need healing, call out to Jesus. I need healing, call out to Jesus. I need power, call out to Jesus over and over and over again, but in a much better tone and, you know, melodic quality than I have. Um, and it was just, just awesome. And, And, you know, and I hear this, like, I need healing, call out to Jesus. Yes, Jesus can heal me. Yes. I need peace in my home. Call out to Jesus. Jesus bring peace in my home. I know you can do it. I know you can do it. I know you can walk into my daughter's room and do whatever you need to do to change her behavior and stop the attacks. I know you can do it. I know you can do it. Overcoming fear comes at the point where I say, but if you don't, I know what that looks like in our future, and it is not good. But if you don't, you're still God. And you still love me. And you're still good. And you're still powerful. And you're still mighty. If I cry out to Jesus for healing from a disease, and it doesn't happen, the overcoming of fear comes when you can say, but if you don't, You're still God. You're still good. You're still powerful. 
in order to truly be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And he calls us to places like walking on water. He calls us to heal people. He calls us to do greater things than he even did. Fear will tell us, if you step out and you try and it doesn't happen, then that puts God on shaky ground. If you pray for healing and there is not healing, then what does that say about God? If you pray for a job and a job doesn't come, what does that say about almighty and powerful Jesus that you're crying out to? That's fear. Fear that what you've based your life upon, the solid ground, the solid rock, isn't maybe as solid as you once believed. Overcoming that fear. Saying, I see that furnace. And God's going to save me. But if he doesn't, that doesn't do one thing to shake my faith in God. Because God is good and God is strong and God is powerful and God is loving all the time. That's overcoming fear. Is jumping into the furnace. And whatever happens, praising Jesus. Can I get an amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you that you are an almighty, all-powerful, all-loving God who in your wisdom loves us in the way that we need to be loved. We may not understand what that looks like from time to time, but you love us. Father, we pray that In the moments we are confronted by those fiery furnaces in our lives, whatever they may be for us, that we may find the strength to cry out to you for help. And no matter what comes, to walk into that furnace knowing that you are God. We thank you. We praise you. In the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.